Hey everybody, welcome to episode 11 of the Man of Screen podcast. My name is Mike Zumo, and on this episode we are going to continue our look at the second serial starring Kirk Allen, chapters 4 through 6 of Adam Man vs. Superman. Like I discussed last week, this serial put Superman in his first on-screen conflict with the villain who would eventually become known as Lex Luthor. He is only described as Luthor here in this serial. And in these four chapters, we're going to see Luthor and the Atom Man continue to work on his plot to get Superman underneath his main arc in an attempt to get Superman out of his way. We're going to continue more as the Daily Planet staff and Superman try to find out more information about the mysterious coin that Lex that the Atom Man's gang used to escape the police after they commit their robberies. And we're going to see the first meeting between Atom Man and Superman, and we're going to find out exactly what it's going to take for Atom Man to realize his plans. So I don't have any further preamble at the moment, so I am going to take a quick break, play a promo, and I'm going to come back with chapters 4 and 5 of Adam Man vs. Superman. Hang around. And when the evening comes, we smile. In 1994, Mark Wade, Brian Augustine, and Barry Kitson began exploring the beginnings of the world's greatest superhero team over an epic 12-issue comic maxi-series. And yes, we've just begun. That team was the Justice League of America, and that comic was JLA Year One. In 2016, eight podcasts will come together to cover this series in a single month. That month is JL May. Featuring the Fire and Water Podcast, the Power of Fishnets, Waiting for Doom, The Lantern Cast, Supermates Podcast, The Idlehead of Diablo, Comic Reflections, and Views from the Long Box. Each podcast will cover one or two issues of JLA Year One, and then coverage will move from show to show. It all starts in the Fire and Water Podcast with issues one and two. JL May, an epic month for an epic series. Available where you find all good podcasts. All right, welcome back, folks. Chapter 4, Superman Meets Atom Man. Clark, Lois, and Jimmy walk into a trap when they go to have the magic coin analyzed. They overpower Luthor's men, and while Clark pursues one who escaped... Superman returns to save Lois and Jimmy. The professor angrily sends them off, thinking it all a publicity stunt. What went on? Are you hurt? Did you see Superman? Oh, no, I was having my own troubles. <laughs> Superman? Was he here? Who do you think dragged us out of that furnace? Uh-oh, the professor. Who are you and what are you doing here? Uh, uh, Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, all of the Daily Planet. Are you responsible for this barbarous assault on my laboratory? Oh, no, professor. We came here to have a coin analyzed. We believe it contains a rare element. Apparently those hoodlums knew about it and they beat us here. This is a cheap newspaper trick to manufacture a story. I'll not be a party to it. Oh, 
you're mistaken, sir. I'll thank you to get your hats and get out of here before I turn you over to the police along with those two other thugs. We'd better go. Luther finds Lawson has cheated him out of a theft and has Lawson dispersed into space using the main arc. I once rescued you from jail. Now I'm sentencing you to the empty doom. The vapor atoms that form you will be sent into space where they'll roam forever like a lost spirit. No, no, give me another chance. To again get the lost coin, Luther has Lois transported to his hideout by planting another coin in a gift. Lois Lane meets Adam Man and must broadcast a plea. I see you received my birthday gift. Who are you? The Adam Man? A better question would be, where are you? I'll bite. What's the answer? A sharp tongue will avail you nothing. On the contrary, you would be wiser to show concern for your present predicament. Okay, I'm worried. What's next? Superman must be told you are here. I tell you, she vanished into thin air, and I have witnesses to prove it. You're the chief of police. It's your business to find her. Turn on the radio. Lois is on the air. I'll call you back. And I urge the police and Superman not to attempt my rescue or harm will come to me. I am being well treated by my charming captor, the Atom Man. On second thought, I don't care what happens to me. Go after him, Superman. You can print that, Perry White. That girl's got spunk. Superman has a plan. He has the paper print a story claiming the Metropolis Museum has another kryptonite meteor. While the tests are not final, the curator of the museum believes that the meteor came from the lost planet Krypton. Now there's a story. Hop to your typewriter and we'll feature it in a special edition. Okay, Chief. Superman follows Luther's men who steal the fake meteor. At the hideout, Superman meets Atom Man. Do not strain your vision. You can see nothing through this lead-lined helmet. In fact, you have lost all your superhuman powers. Kryptonite. True, I can't see through your helmet, but I soon will. I planted that phony meteor and the news story, so you'd show your hand. If you take another step, you will intercept a photoelectric beam, which will eliminate Miss Lane for all time. You're bluffing. I am not. There is nothing faster than the beam. Not even Superman. Call his bluff, Superman. If I do what you want, will you return Miss Lane safely to Metropolis? Yes. Put him under the main arc. Superman disappears in the arc. Adam Man has Lois unconscious put in her car, which is sent to roll off a mountain road. Okay. So, as this chapter starts, the narrator is still referring to the coin as magic. Like I said last week, if Luthor could hear this narrator, he would be extremely upset because he would object to the coin being called magic. We start by seeing Professor Stone setting the room just outside of his vault on fire, and we see Tar Clark taking care of Bear with a nice-looking punch. Now, this is one thing, it's a minor detail, but it continues to drive me crazy throughout these serials. Is the narrator is always insists on telling us Superman is using his x-ray vision. Even though we can see that for ourselves, and the music kind of has an x-ray vision theme, and we always hear it when we're told he's using his x-ray vision. Between the visual cue and the musical cue, 
we do not need the narrator telling us Superman is using his X-ray vision. Superman comes in and rescues Lois and Jimmy by pulling the door off, pulling them out. The fire is clearly at the front of the set, so we know Kirk Allen is not running through it as he came in through the window in the back of the set. After that, Stone turns the flame off, and you know, like I mentioned last week, it re it's remarkable how easy it is in these serials just to burn fire on and off. That gave Superman his cue to leave because, I don't know, perhaps sticking around would have been the right thing to do, and it might have helped defuse the situation with Professor Stone, who was understandably upset after he was thrown in his, in his vault at gunpoint. Stone chases the Daily Planet staff away. He wants nothing to do with them. And, like I said, I don't blame him. The man probably lives in a secluded mansion for a reason. We don't know what that reason is, but he apparently hates people. Apparently, Clark didn't hit Bear nearly hard enough because he gets away and reports in. And this leads to some musing by Luthor about how Superman is his archenemy. Mission to Professor Stone is failed. Did not recover coin. Two men taken by police. That is all. I can't understand how they slipped up unless... Unless Superman interfered? Is that what you were about to say? Well, no. There's I... no need to tread lightly upon my feelings. I'm the first one to admit that Superman is my archenemy. And that he alone stands between me and my goal, but... I shall find a way to deal with it. Perhaps a coin like this will be his undoing. I like that. Luthor is well aware of his relationship with Superman. He knows that, really... And this is something that's also been said in later incarnations of the character. That really, Superman is the only one who can keep up with Lex. I keep calling him Lex. He's not Lex in this serial. He's just Luthor. Like I said last week, he didn't become Lex Luthor until later on in the 60s. It's just a nice touch there about Luthor musing about how Superman is his archenemy. That musing is cut short by Lawson, who comes in after yet another successful job. And Luthor shows off his expertise at identifying diamonds, because he demands the jewels and studies them, and he immediately knows Lawson is holding out on him, and he demands Foster and Albert search him. Meanwhile, at the planet, it is apparently Lois's birthday, as we uh, get a fun shot of her blowing out the candles with a little bit of help Clark, and uh, just a more group of the planet shot. This shot doesn't really add anything to the chapter, at least not initially, but it is a fun little moment. The previous serial didn't take the time for a little character beats like this. It was mainly anything that was done was only in advance of the plot. And we're going to see here that this birthday party is a way to advance the plot, but at least they're having a little more fun advancing the plot this time. Meanwhile, there is a quick uh, cut back to Luthor, and uh, Albers and Foster find some jewels that Lawson didn't turn over. And Luthor is not happy. Lawson is there to do a job, and Luthor is very upset that Lawson has held out on him. So, Luthor does the most extreme thing that he can possibly think of in this situation. He is going to sentence Lawson to the empty doom. I once rescued you from jail. Now I'm sentencing you to the empty doom. The vapor atoms that form you will be sent into space, where they'll roam forever like a lost spirit. No, no, give me another chance. You know, remember last week when I played the clip that when Luthor asked whether Lawson wanted to be the one to try out the main arc? Well, that was a little bit of foreshadowing as Lawson is going to be the first person we see being put under the main arc. I like how Luthor says he is 
sentencing Lawson to the Empty Doom. I discussed last week in my overview that the Empty Doom was kind of a proto-Phantom Zone. And as we all know, from those of us who have read comics and seen various Superman films, that Kryptonians, specifically Jor-El, Superman's father, discovered the Phantom Zone and used it as a way to sentence Krypton's worst criminals. For instance, if Luthor was Kryptonian, he would most certainly have found his way to the Phantom Zone. Perry White can always be played as gruff. It works for the character. And right now, he is coming out to ruin the fun of the birthday party. He, uh, basically demanding that they all get back to work. May I remind this gay, festive crowd that we have an addition to get on the street? But as Perry goes back into his office, Jimmy and Clark literally dive back into the cake for seconds. And Lois opens up a purse that comes with a coin in it. And that coin looks remarkably like the other coins that we've seen used by Luthor's men throughout this serial. As Lois disappears, Clark just kind of looks at her direction, half a piece of cake hanging out of his mouth. I've seen my kids at birthday parties, parties look at things in the exact same fashion. So, Meanwhile, it's clear at his cave hideout that Luthor is expecting Lois as he's wearing his judge's robe and Adam Man helmet. Apparently part of his genius is knowing it's her birthday, as I'm sure he did not get a Facebook notification about it in 1950. Lois asks if he's the, the Atom Man. Now, Lois, he is the Amazing Helmet Man. Who do you think he is? Jesus. So what's the first thing Atom Man is going to do? He is going to have her read a message for Superman. And he even went out of his way to prepare the message for her. Meanwhile, back at the planet, Perry is having trouble convincing the police what happened. Apparently now that his entire newsroom has seen someone disappear, it is gone a long way toward convincing him that this is actually happening. But apparently he's having trouble convincing the police what the, what has happened. I don't see why. It's not the first time this has happened. Lois sends her message, but Lois is not going to take it lying down. She reads Adam Man's message with little to no, to no emotion. You can tell she's phoning this in. Not that anybody is grading her on presentation. But I love how she's looking toward the Adam Man, who's kind of just milling about in the background, not really paying a ton of attention to her. But when she notices that, she immediately shows some life and screams into the mic to for Superman to keep going after the Adam Man no matter what happens to her. And that's enough to uh, wake them up and have them go after her. But, you know, that's Lois in a nutshell. She's not going to be intimidated. She's not going to back down. And, you know, Lois is a brave woman. She knows she's in trouble. and. She knows that it's more important for Superman to get rid of the Atom Man than to rescue her. But we all know from knowing Superman as we do that he is not going to leave her to that fate. Clark leaves and turns into Superman and he flies into Perry's office and tells them he has a plan. He doesn't tell us what it is. He just smiles and flies off. It's a nice little tease. He, so he goes out to the middle of nowhere and he digs up a rock, like much like my dog would, and throws it up in the air, and it crashes into the earth, and everyone is fooled into thinking it's a meteor. And then the headlines tell us that it's from Krypton, and that it's at the museum. Didn't something similar to this happen in Chapter 4 of the last serial? Just saying. Perry reacts as if this is something new. Luthor is happy about this, because he's going to be able to get himself some kryptonite, because... The Metropolis Museum folks are showing they have learned nothing from the events of Superman the Serial, and are going to invite an attack at the museum. I like this here. Bear doesn't know what kryptonite is, and apparently apparently, his identical twin brother Brock, who worked for the Spider Lady, didn't tell him about it. 
All right. Look, I'm going to level with you guys about Brock and Foster. I'm guessing, you have to remember, back in 1948 and 1950, there was no home video or binge-watching of any kind. So I'm really going to doubt that audiences remembered that Terry Frost, who played Brock, and Jack Ingram, who played Foster, also played roles in the first serial as different characters. I'm just poking fun at the serials for that, because I've watched them fast enough that it's blatantly obvious that they're the same act. And actually, for some reason, I enjoyed Frost and Ingram's performances more in this serial than I did the last one. We finally come back, we finally find out what Adam Mant's plan is, and apparently the plan is to fall into his trap. And at this point, you know, we might be starting to wonder whether we're going the way of the last serial by, with the traps on top of traps on top of traps, and schemes on top of schemes, which kind of wore thin during the first serial. Make it a two-page spread. Harry White, please. White speaking. I just saw Lois Lane in the vicinity of Cave Mountain. What's that you said? I just saw Lois Lane in the vicinity of Cave Mountain. Who is this? What? Hung up. Naturally. He said Lois is at Cave Mountain. Yes, but how did you know? Don't be surprised. I have unusual hearing. What do we do now? Oblige the Adam Man by falling into his trap. Basically, the Adam Man's trap is a phone call from Carl. And this is the first time we see Carl in this. This actor, Rusty Westcote, also played the role of Elton in Superman the Serial. If you remember the character I kept calling the goon because I, because I didn't know his name, that apparently was Elton. I don't remember if his name was mentioned by anybody in that serial, but IMDB told me his name was Elton. Obviously, Elton, not Elton, Carl, who we're going to see quite a bit, Superman falling, falls into the trap by going to Cave Mountain, where the Atom Man is hanging around. And we're going to find that the Atom Man is pretty good at moving his equipment from place to place via the space transporter. I almost wish he would invent the space transporter himself, because I want one of those when I have to move furniture. I am severely over all of this lifting and squeezing stuff through doors. I want a space transporter, and I need someone to make that happen. I'm too busy making this podcast, so I'm going to need you to do it. Adam Man fell for the fake kryptonite gag, but Superman still lets himself be captured and put under the main arc. And in a funny motion, he just disappears very quickly. He didn't move against Adam Man to ensure Lois' safety, but he just kind of tightened up his chest and vanished. But if you look closely at the shot, compared to the way Lawson disappeared and reappeared under the main arc, he appeared and disappeared much more slowly in the way he does under the, the characters do under the space transporter. Superman just disappeared instantly. One minute he was there, next minute he was gone. There was no slow dissolve into nothingness. We'll just have to come back to that. But remember that I said that. So the Atom Man knocks out Lois, and the goons go to run her off the road. Jimmy tries to stop the car and kicks at the wheel and just falls over. I'm not necessarily sure what he was trying to accomplish there, as the only thing he might accomplish is a broken ankle. And the car appears to go off the cliff, as the chapter ends. Alright, let's move right on ahead to chapter 5. Adam Man Tricks Superman. Superman arrives to save Lois. Superman? I thought the Adam Man had sent you into the empty doom. Uh, his machine didn't affect me. My atomic structure is different from that of human beings. 
but you disappeared on the rays of the main arc. Well, not really. I just moved so rapidly, I became invisible to the naked eye. I understand. At least I think I do. What about Jimmy? I saw the police arriving as I flew here. Let's drive back that way. Superman has the Daily Planet plant another story claiming plutonium is being transported by the train. And you think the main arc failed to fetch it because it lacked plutonium? Yes. That's why the Atom Man would go to any lengths to get it. Then it's up to us to see that he doesn't. But suppose we made him believe that he could obtain it. He'd send one of his key men after it. You talk like you had a scheme for baiting a trap. You're right, Chief, I have. It'll be necessary to plant a story in your newspaper. The Daily Planet will give you full cooperation. Just tell me what you want. Luthor needs plutonium for his machine, but is suspicious. Have you seen this news? Yes, Foster brought a paper here. That should make it easy for you to get the plutonium. Too easy. Sounds like a trap. Then you won't pay any attention to it. On the contrary, I'll spring it for my own purposes. Foster, you're going to be on that train. You mean I'll walk into it and get caught? Don't worry, I'll get you out of any trouble, just as I always have. Wait outside for me. Suppose they catch him and make him talk. He'll only know what I want him to tell. It's part of my plan. Those Daily Planet people aren't as smart as they think they are. He has an aide get captured by Superman trying to rob the plutonium. I tell you, I was operating on my own. I've got no boss. How did you know that plutonium was in the valise? I didn't. I thought it was money. The man is obviously lying. I'll send to headquarters for a lie detector. We don't need a lie detector, Chief. Let me try something. Go ahead. Let's have some fresh air. If you won't play ball with me, I'll play ball with you. My boss suspected the plutonium shipment was a trap. What then? Well, what he's really after is a package in the check room at Central Station. What package? I don't know. Who's your boss? Speak up, who's your boss? Or do you want to play ball again? I don't dare tell you that. Luther safely teleports him away. Superman uses X-ray vision to search the packages, but finds nothing. Later, Luthor's men pick up a package. It's heavy. What's in it? Gold? Something more valuable. Nails. Nails? Yeah, I'll show you. Luthor figured that Superman would turn his X-ray vision on his nails. What makes him shine? Superman's X-rays was powerful enough to turn the alloy in these nails into plutonium. Lois follows them and is abducted by the men. Jimmy pursues them. They both end up trapped in a barn with Jimmy's car running exhaust fumes. So... Out of nowhere comes Superman to stop the car from behind, saving Lois in a shot that looks eerily like the shot when he saved her from a similar fate in the previous serial when Dr. Hackett knocked her out, left her in the car, and went her over a cliff. As we can see, Superman's disappearing very quickly underneath the main arc was an indication that the main arc did not send him into the empty doom. Apparently, he waited for everybody to leave and then flew away. It's funny, it's funny here. Superman shakes her to wake her up. Lois is confused because she believes the Atom Man has sent Superman into the Empty Doom. But apparently, he took a page out of Barry Allen. The Flash, for those of you who don't know, 
His book. He can vib he can vibrate fast enough to appear invisible and vibrate through things. But however, this serial predates Barry by a few years, as he's not in created until later in the 50s. But apparently, this Superman can move so fast that he appears invisible to the naked eye. Now, the producers have found a way to save money. Superman is not going to fly Lois back to wherever he needs to go like he did when the planet coop was left in the blast zone. Now, he suggests that they're going to drive up to the police and Jimmy in the Atom Man's car. I guess that's cheaper than flying. Air Superman's rates must be going up and is apparently now charging for carry-on luggage. It's funny how he will leave the Daily Planet vehicle in the blast area, but will drive the Atom Man's car up to the police. Maybe the uh, next time the producers want to save money on flying effects, they should do something that makes a little bit more sense. And no one is bothered by Superman's apparent ability to drive here. And the police search the cave. Everything is gone. Superman points out that the Atom Man is able to transport things from place to place very quickly. Once again, I want that moving company the next time. I need to move. We are back at the planet for a conference with not only the chief, Perry White, but also the chief of police, who we have, who is now apparently doing some actual police work. Last time, he was just kind of on the phone. Superman believes the main arc didn't affect him because he, it needs plutonium. I don't know how Superman knows this. Did he do a intense study of this machine? You know, it is not explained how he knows this, but Superman is right. He apparently put all the, the missing pieces together and has figured this out. This police chief is a little bit less useless than the one we saw in Superman the Serial. Well, at least we saw him for about 20 seconds that time. But he is letting Superman do all the work. And this is where Luthor shows that he is somewhat smarter than the Spider Lady, as it never used to dawn on her that Superman's schemes were traps. This time, Luthor sniffed that out right away. Albers points out that this would make it easy to steal the plutonium, but Luthor immediately knows that it's too easy. Why else would the newspaper publish that a plutonium, a radioactive and controlled substance, is being transported on a train, just when the Atom Man happens to need it? Instead of falling into the trap and finding a way to escape it, Luthor decides he is going to turn the trap so that it works for him, showing more of that inventive genius that he is insisting that everybody knows about. Perry is handing out assignments, and there's some more sarcastic banter between Lois and Clark. A big story, and we're going to scoop the town off. Clark, you and Lois ride in the train. Jimmy, you keep close to the railroad in a planet radio car. Where will the fake plutonium be? In a valise, handcuffed to the wrist of a detective. Chief, I can handle this yarn alone. I don't need Clark. I'll probably get the story while you're looking out the window. Listen, you two, I want teamwork on this assignment. And don't take your eyes off that detective. Now, come on, get going. <laughs> it really never gets old. Perry wants some teamwork. Lois and Clark are assigned to be on the train watching the detective who is transporting plutonium in a briefcase. Really? A briefcase? You would think something a little more secure. But I guess it's perfectly secure because it's handcuffed to him. So, we move immediately to the train, watching the detective. Apparently, Lois and Clark are still having some trust issues, as Lois will not let him out of her sight. Foster is on the train, about to fall into the trap. He knocks the vendor out extremely gracelessly, and comes out into the passenger car, peddling some cigarettes, cigars, magazines, gum, you know, whatever snacks you need for, you, for your train trip. But could you imagine the outcry today if someone was selling cigarettes 
and cigars on TV. I mean, we, we get all those parents groups complaining about content of adult programming after their children should be in bed, but nobody's saying anything about the train peddlers selling cigarettes and cigars on TV. None of that back then, and sometimes I think we were better for that. A little less helicopter parenting. Lois is definitely suspicious of something about Clark as he spots a gun in Foster's pocket with his x-ray vision. Again, Superman makes use of his x-ray vision. Anything should happen, we could certainly use Superman's help. You've seen something? Uh, no. I think I'll get a drink of water. So will I. Can't lose me that easily. One of these. Ladies first. I asked for a drink, not a shower. He tries to go get a drink of water to get away from Lois, but she is sticking to him like glue. I wonder what he what she would say if he told her he had to go to the bathroom. Would she follow him in there, too? Probably would. So in order to get rid of Lois, Clark falls over and sprays some water into her face. And where he finds then he finds the fallen vendor in another compartment. It's a good thing Lois didn't open that door and find Superman in there. And even better that the train has at least one open window. As Superman flies out the window that the vendor was in, but he has no trouble of crashing through the glass to capture Ant Foster. I wonder how many times I'm going to call him Anton over the course of these episodes, as Jack Ingram played both of these roles. Now Superman takes Foster to the Daily Planet building. Why does everybody insist on taking captured criminals to Perry White? What is he going to do with them? But no, the police chief is there, so... I guess the chief will take him in after it's over. But this leads to my favorite scene in both of these serials. Foster won't talk, so... Superman decides to play ball with him. Literally, play ball. He, they go to the window, and Superman throws Foster up in the air and catches him twice. And just the direction that Foster's arms and legs are going are hysterical during this sequence. But apparently it is an effective means of interrogation, especially when the criminal is supposed to talk. But eventually, after Foster tells Superman and the Chief about Central Station. Obviously, Luthor and Albers have some kind of listening device on Foster because they're listening. And Foster eventually pulls out a coin and disappears. I find it funny how Foster pulls out the coin just as Luthor says that it's time to bring Foster back. And as he fades away, the Chief looks like he has just seen a ghost. So I'm guessing this is the first time that the police chief has seen somebody disappear because he is just... In shock. So the next time we see Superman fly out the window, his S is backwards, and things like this drive me crazy. He is flying from left to right. We have we see shots in this serial of him flying from left to right, with the S flipped backwards and with the S in the right direction. So why would the producers, if they're going to use stock footage, I mean, he's just flying, he's not saying anything. So why are they going to use a shot that's flipped? Uh, I don't know. This is going to continue to drive me nuts, and I'm probably going to drive you nuts by continuing to mention it. Superman goes to Central Station, and he looks into all the packages with, with his X-ray vision, probably getting an eyeful uh, as he looks into everybody's personal belongings. Who knows what people stick in their suitcases? 
But Superman looks in a box with nails, which we eventually find out isn't ordinary. And Superman has no idea. If Superman was able to recognize the elements in the coin before, shouldn't he have been able to tell that something was off about the nails? Which, his x-ray vision, as Bear will explain when he arrives to pick up the crate, has apparently turned the nails into plutonium. I'm not sure if Superman actually emits x-rays from his eyes, but apparently this serial believes that he does, and that's the interpretation we're going to go with. Because we have to, otherwise the story doesn't work. Lois is outside of Central Station. Now, she is going to stall the Adam Man's men. I'm not sure what she is planning, but here she is pretending to be the inquiring reporter. The question for today is, what is the kindest thing you ever did? The kindest thing I ever did? Not plumping you off, Miss Lois Lane. Come on, get in the car. I love Bear's line here as he abducts her. Jimmy's on the phone, meanwhile, and he hangs up, and Clark leaves, and everyone disappears, kind of flustering Perry. He hung up. I've got more disappearing reporters than... I love the look on his face as he realizes Clark is gone, too. Just one of utter confusion. Pierre Watkin has two emotional states in this serial. Confused and angry. And I love watching him feeling both. Brock, oh, there I go again. This is Bear, not Brock. Again, same actor as Superman in this serial. Bear decks Jimmy and leaves the men in the garage with the car running, giving some giving them some carbon monoxide poisoning. And here's a shot of Superman flying from left to right with his S in the proper direction, showing that, again, so soon after the mistake, just makes it inexcusable. Somebody should be keeping a better, better track of this stuff, but they're not. So, that ends Chapter 5. I am going to take a quick break, play another promo, and then I'm going to come back with Chapter 6. Hang around. Star Wars, give me those Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, don't let them Star Wars, those here in Star Wars, talking about Star Wars on a podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and welcome to... And I'm the Irredeemable Shag. Dude, what are you doing? What? Give me those Star Wars as my show. Well, you're part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, so it's really our show. But if you show up on the promo, people will think you're the co-host. I'm not? No, the show will have rotating guests. You just took that idea from my Justice League International podcast. You took that idea from my Secret Origins podcast. And you took that idea from Dead Both and Spies. That was my podcast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I sang the theme song with you. So? So, technically, I appear on every episode. I'm part of the foundation of this new Star Wars show. That's... That's true. So, you want to take this from the top, or what? <sighs> I'm Ryan Daly. Join me and a galaxy of guest stars on Give Me the... <coughs> including the irredeemable Shag, whose voice you will technically hear on every episode, on Give Me Those Star Wars... The official Star Wars show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes and Stitcher and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Alright, welcome back, folks. And here we go, Chapter 6, Adam Man's Challenge. Superman arrives to save Lois and Jimmy, and then flies off. How did we get out here? There's your answer, Superman. 
I wonder how he knew Adam Mantoodlums had locked us up in there. Luthor now has the plutonium that will make the Ark more powerful, but when he finds out Lois and Jimmy are still alive, he punishes one of the crooks by temporarily sending him into the empty doom with the Ark. You got it. Are the nails activated? Yes, Superman's X-ray eyes did the trick. Mm, just as I said they would. He didn't know his X-ray vision would turn my special alloy into plutonium. Now I can increase the power of my main arc so it'll dispose of even Superman. Those two Daily Planet reporters won't bother you anymore. Are you sure of that? Positive. That's splendid, if true. I'll check with our truck stationed at the Planet Building. Calling Truck 2. Headquarters to Truck 2. Calling Truck 2. Come in, Headquarters. Any activity at the Daily Planet Building? Nothing special. Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen drove up and went inside. When did that happen? About five minutes ago. That's all for now. Stand by. I can't understand it. Failure is bad enough. A false report makes it worse. You two must pay the penalty. The main arc will project you into the empty doom, out into never-ending space. No. No, we couldn't help it. Give us another chance. I'll sentence only one of you. Which shall it be? I'll go. You've shown courage, Bear, and I need men of courage. Carl, you shall go. No, no, please. Albert, put him in the main arc. Yes, sir. Luthor shows he has developed synthetic kryptonite, but needs radium to finish it. Atom Man publicly declares he will steal radium. Did you want me? Yes, I have an assignment for you, and I want you to stick with it for a change. What is it? The club women's convention. I want a full report of their activities. Oh, have a heart, Chief. For once, I'll know where you are. Keep reporting in by phone. Managing editor. Oh, all right, Foreman. You bet right away. Chief Police says to tune in on the police band. Attention, Metropolis authorities. Attention. This is the Atom Man speaking. I'm going to take over all the radium in Metropolis. I know where it is stored. Nothing can stop me. That is all. I want Jimmy and Lois in here. The three of you hop on that story. What about the club women's convention? Forget it. Did you hear the Atom Man broadcast? Well, who's got all the radium? That's what we got to find out. Well, why not call the Metropolis Museum? They should know. All right, don't stand here talking about it. Go and do it. Clark arrives at a hospital after Luthor's men have stolen the radium. At a chemical plant, other crooks steal a radium guarded by Lois and leave her in a vault where Superman must free her. Superman? Where's Lois Lane? Two men took the radium. They, they must have locked her in the vault. Open it. I can't. Only the executive manager has the combination, and he's not here. Now, force it open. No, no. 
It'll release a gas that will kill her. Then I'll have to use my special powers and find the combination. Jimmy is abducted trying to stop the crooks. While Superman is distracted by one crook, another has Jimmy drive onto a bombing range and knocks him out. The crook leaves while a bomb falls on Jimmy's car. Alright, Jimmy is not down for the count immediately, as he is trying to make it to the car keys to turn it off, but he just about gets there and passes out before being able to turn the key. Tough luck, Jimbo. Maybe next time. If there is a next time. As Superman arrives at the barn, he sees Lois and Jimmy are in there. <laughs> Just as he's about to go through the barn door, you can see the outline on the door of the area where Superman is going to go through it. And he goes through it very neatly as it comes off, almost like a perforation. But at least you don't need an animation to show him going through the door. As he picks them up and takes them out, he then kicks open the other barn door. You can see the hole that he made in the door behind them, and it's funny. You can kind of see the outline of his cape, and you can even see the area where his leg went through. So they knew exactly how they wanted him to go through it, and they just cut out a section so he'd go through easily. When we get to the Adventures of Superman next, starting next month, you are going to see how Superman goes through a wall. Let's just leave it at that. But moving on, the plot's moving on, and then it's going to leave us behind if we don't keep up, so... Let's go check on what's going on with the nails. Bear and Carl have brought the bears back to the Atom Man. And they open up, well, Luthor, he's not wearing his Atom Man helmet right now. And the nails, they're not shiny anymore. They were shiny when Bear opened it up before, but now they're not shiny. Nevertheless, Luthor is pleased because now he can use these plutonium nails to increase the power of the main arc so it will work on Superman. Bear, meanwhile, is very happy to report the death of Lois and Jimmy, but a quick foster reveals that they got away. I love how Bear stiffens up when they are revealed to be alive. He he looks like he's about to crap himself, and with good reason, because Luthor is going to overreact here. Carl and Bear reported truthfully based on the information that they had. I can only imagine Superman arrived after they disappeared. So, I think... Luthor is being a little unfair having having sentenced Carl to the Empty Doom. Luthor showed his graciousness here by only sending one of them. And since Bear volunteered to go to the Empty Doom, Luthor doubled down and sent Carl. Typical villainy. Carl serves a quick sentence, as Luthor immediately brings him back. I mean, why waste men uh, on tantrums? But although, Luthor yells at him again for filing a false report, and says if he does it again, he won't bring him. But at least Luthor was kind enough to give Carl a chair before threatening him again. Like I said, they didn't file a false report. They gave truthful information based on what they knew. So, I'm kind of on their side with that. I don't think Luthor reacted appropriately there. But, I'm not going to tell him that. I don't want to get sent to the Empty Doom myself. So... This is where we learn that Luthor apparently once had kryptonite in our previous Unseen Adventure because he's got a big block of what we're supposed to believe is meteorite, and he says he has created some synthetic kryptonite, but he needs radium. You could tell these serials were made shortly after the uh, advent of the atomic bomb, as everybody seems to need radioactive materials. It's like the new thing. Now, Luthor is going to set a trap. I guess he feels this chapter hasn't had enough action so far, so... He is apparently going to make things especially difficult on Bear for no apparent reason. 
Perry is about to give Clark a crap assignment so he knows where he is. The Women's Club Convention. But he is quickly reassigned when the Atom Man comes on the radio and says he's going to steal some radium. Clark is not going to, to the Women's Club Convention. He is going to cover the radium theft. So apparently that's far more important. And Clark suggests Perry call the museum to find out where the where radium is in the city. I am I kind of wonder why the museum would know. Perry is finally out of his office, and this time he comes out of his office through the door. If you remember last serial, he exited his office through the window at one point. So he gives his orders, sending Lois and Clark where they need to go, and Jimmy, and they're off. Bear and Carl show up at the hospital, as the hospital is one of the two places to get the radium. The other one is chemical plant. Bear and Carl are here at the hospital pretending to be the police. Here's my question. Where are the actual police? Because, I don't know, but they're not here. The hospital guard wanted some authorization and gets decked for his trouble. But he had already taken the radium out. Shouldn't he have asked for authorization before taking out the radioactive substance? God, some people are stupid. Clark arrives too late, but he answers the call from Perry at the hospital telling him to go after Lois at the reduction plant. Cell phones would have made things a lot easier, but I love how Clark just happened to get to the hospital just in time to take Perry's phone call. And I love how Perry got the switchboard to transfer the call right to where Clark was. Our switchboard at work still sends me phone calls from other people. I don't get mine at the time, but again, I'm getting other people's. But some things have apparently gotten worse with time. Clark moves on to the reduction plant. Lois is not too happy to see Clark here. Actually, Lois is very rarely happy to see Clark anywhere near her. What brought you here? My trusty car. I'm from the Daily Planet. Mr. Taylor, Mr. Kent, just one of the office help. About their radium supply, how big is it? It could go in your handbag. Why not let me deliver it? No one would suspect me of carrying it. She's got a great idea there. Apparently, Lois and Clark think that giving Lois the radium is a good idea. I don't. And fortunately, neither does the uh, chemical manager here, Mr. Taylor, as... He's waiting for the armored car to pick up the radium and take it wherever it needs to go. Oh, I, I'm afraid that's too risky. Oh, pardon. Galan reduction plant. Oh, hello, Ed. What's that? Have you notified the police? Well, call me back. Our armored car is being hijacked. The Adam Man. Miss Lane, I am going to let you deliver that radium. I'll get it from the vault. Good. Apparently, now it is a good idea to give the radium to Lois. And I'm going to ask the same question I asked back at the hospital. Where are the police? Shouldn't they be protecting this stuff? But she does tell Mr. Taylor that... I'll do anything for a story. And apparently that includes carrying around dangerous materials. You wouldn't catch me doing something like this. If my boss told me she wanted me to carry around some radium, I'd be asking for a substantial pay increase. And maybe uh, some better health insurance. Maybe Lois is far more dedicated than I am. I will not do anything for a story. I have my limits. Apparently, Lois does not. Lois is uh, about to leave, and Foster and somebody else and another man are out looking for radium with a, what looks like a Geiger counter, and it starts going crazy as Lois starts walking by, under, understandably so, because she has the radium. So they intercept Lois, and while well, she uh, distracts the men by uh, throwing some makeup in their face as... Uh, Women are want to do. 
But eventually, they chase her back inside, she gets knocked out and thrown in the vault. There's a lot of throwing people in vaults in these serials. And Foster gets away with the radium. Jimmy shows up as Foster's leaving, but all he finds is another need for jaw surgery. And Clark apparently missed all the fun as well. He was off at another building doing something. Superman arrives as Mr. Taylor comes to. Now, here we see Superman do some safe-cracking. Apparently, one of his superpowers in this serial is just spinning the, the combination pad on the lock until the vault opens. He spins it left, he spins it right, spins it left again. It stops on its own all three times, and he turns the crank and the vault door opens. It doesn't look very safe-cracker-like, but it works here, I guess. Now, eventually they meet up a bear who has Jimmy abducted. He has both the radium and Jimmy. I'm not sure why. But, good thing Bear does have the radium, because Superman catches up with Foster, and I like this shot of Superman overturning the car. And then the camera moves to the front of the car, and there's a great shot of Superman ripping off what looks like the fuel manifold off the bottom, and uses it to close Foster and his accomplice in the car. But, I am sure they will be gone before Superman comes back. Bear now has Jimmy driving into a bombing range. Another punch in the face, Bear gets out of the car. And Jimmy's car is bombed as the chapter ends. So, next time, I, I will cover the next three chapters of Adam Man vs. Superman. Remember, you can send me feedback at manofscreen at gmail.com. You can leave me a review on iTunes. That'll help other people find the show. Or you can leave me a message on Facebook. Uh, you can find the show's Facebook page by searching for the Man of Screen podcast. So I will see everybody next time. Will the wily Luthor actually be able to make kryptonite? What can have this terrific effect on Clark Kent? For the answers, listen to episode 12 of Man of Screen Podcast on this web feed next week. The Man of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Zumo, and all opinions on the show are those of Mike Zumo and no one else. All music and sound clips used in the making of the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All trademarks are copyright their original copyright holders. The Man of Screen Podcast is a member of the Superman Podcast Network and can be found at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. The homepage for the show is manofscreen.podomatic.com, and you can email the show at manofscreen at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.